up next on NHL Fantasy on Ice. Rob and Pete are joined by Waiver Wire James. Who are the top options to target on the wire? And what teams are the best to tap into? Plus, a few debates among the boys. DFS plays, best bets, value spots, totals. It's the Monday edition. What's up, everybody? Monday morning edition NHL Fantasy on Ice. Pete Jensen, Rob Reese. Rob, welcome back, and uh, good to be here with you, man. Thanks, man. Likewise, good to be back. Um, For those of you that have missed me on the show, thanks for coming at me on Twitter, asking (laughs) me what I'm doing. But a lot of written content on NHL.com. You can find it all there, hopefully, for the trade deadline. Tons of stuff coming up. But Pete, got to give you a shout-out, man. Heard you kind of predicted that Jack Campbell to Toronto trade, so wanted to tip my cap to you. I kind of just saw it out there out west where they're the only team that's really uh, dead in the water out there and was not going anywhere in terms of the playoffs. So, yeah, it's been working out so far, I think, for Toronto. It's interesting for him because, like, is the defense in Toronto really that much better than what there was in L.A.? (laughs) But certainly the forward talent is, and I think he gains a lot of fantasy appeal for at least as long as Freddie Anderson is out. And one underrated thing I I saw on Twitter this morning was Mikhaev is is starting to skate again. He was a great two-way forward for the Maple Leafs. I know we're talking fantasy, and Mikhaev's not totally relevant there. But I think that's a big addition for when he comes back. Both goalies should receive a boost when that does happen. But, yeah, I mean, if Campbell's available, definite stamp of approval to pick him up. What do you think? I know Morgan Riley was already out now. Uh, Bob's boy Cody Cece's out for a while and Freddie Anderson. So this is a team that's not uh, safe and sound in the playoff mix right now, a team that you're very high on. But uh, they're going to need to weather the storm here, especially defensively in front of uh, Campbell and see how the forwards can help out defensively because they're going to need it. Well, this isn't my words. This is Toronto Twitter words. I, they think the CC absence is going to maybe help the defense. You know, <laughs> that's just the the pulse yeah. there. But <laughs> and no shade to Bob on that for the the deep sleeper pick in the in the beginning of the season. Wait, I was a supporter of CC. I've completely forgotten <laughs> about that considering the way he's played uh, the last few months. But. Well, CC, it was uh, it was a nice little run. Now I'm on Gorianov, so let's focus on him. <laughs> but to answer your question, Pete, I, I, it's hard what really what to make of it. I mean, their their D's a little bit weak, if we're being honest. Um, I think Barry, fantasy wise, is going to deliver, you know, season hmm. to date. But it, it's really hard for me to get a pulse on them now. William Nylander's missed a couple games here up top, right. and they're they're just hanging onto a thread in the wild card race, which I certainly wouldn't have expected preseason so hey maybe this trade and Kyle Clifford up front gives them a little spark and makes the team play better as a whole yeah Clifford will bring some toughness and they do have the pieces to plug and play we've already seen when Nylander's out they have Kerfoot they have uh, Hyman back on that line they have Andreas Janssen who's healthy that's good to see he's on the other line with Matthews and Marner for the time being as long as it lasts but this is at least some streaming appeal that team is going to continue to score and they don't mind playing seven to five or five to three games (laughs) in the short term just to get by just to get into the playoffs where they'll be very dangerous if they do get in. And just a quick little weekend reaction. I'm going to go to yesterday's Boston-Detroit game. Someone on Twitter mm-hmm. actually hit me up and said, <laughs> you know, trying to work on a parlay, who would I uh, throw in from a hockey perspective? I immediately throw out Boston, and I've been dogging <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. They've been getting blown out of the water by multiple goals, game in and game out. 
and Boston goes into Detroit and loses the game. They tied up in the third period. They lose <laughs> the game. Mm-hmm. They completely outplayed Detroit, but Bernier was good in net. So whoever that was on Twitter, I apologize. I immediately went to Boston. You would think they would win the game, and they lose, of course. Well, I had to stop giving picks out on Twitter early in the season because for whatever reason, I think there's some sort of voodoo black magic that when you make a pick on Twitter, it goes the other way. So slide into the DMs if you want picks. That way it's not public and we don't jinx the curse. So (laughs) moving forward, we're just going to DM the picks, boys. I completely agree. Every time I'm on Twitter and I give out a pick, it's it's a grinding game and they lose in (laughs) overtime. It's terrible. And it's a terrible feeling because they're coming to you for advice and then you blow it. (laughs) I know. And yeah, Detroit. Detroit, it was surprising to see them on national TV, but they delivered on the Sunday. So for anybody who was questioning that (laughs) one, uh, it was good to see Detroit beat Boston, which they did earlier in the season. So that really is the NHL in a nutshell in 2020, where the worst team in the league by far could beat one of the best teams in the league twice in one season. And then how did Chicago blow the lead against Winnipeg last night? I'm looking at the scoreboard. Five unanswered. Five unanswered. And I looked at the live line after the second period, and I said, yeah, you know what? I'm going to steer clear of that. Chicago will win the game. And then four unanswered, five unanswered, whatever yeah, it was, that's five. a bad loss by Chicago. You know what that, <laughs> you know what that is? That is a one of those nail-biter, like, the points are so precious for both mm-hmm. of those teams because Winnipeg passed them, right, in yeah. the standings. So they're there. Arizona's there. Chicago's there. Nashville's there. Nobody's playing particularly well no. of that bunch, but the head-to-head matchups are so very crucial, and hats off to Winnipeg for coming back in that game. And for more weekend reaction to injuries and other trends, let's bring in Waiver Wire James, who writes our top 10 Waiver Wire piece for NHL.com. James, let's get right into it. Seth Jones, big injury for the Columbus Blue Jackets. How do you replace a guy like that, and what do you make of it for the team moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a tricky Injury to replace for a guy like that. Uh, when you talk about the the real statistical leader on that blue line, offensively for the Blue Jackets from a fantasy perspective, um, you know you're gonna you you have the ability maybe to go out in a in a few a handful of leagues and pick up a guy like Zach Wierenski if he's still available out there. Um, he's available probably in about 15 or 16 percent of Yahoo leagues at the moment. Um, another in-house replacement could be uh, Vladislav Gavrikov who I wrote about on the waiver wire piece a few weeks ago when he had a little bit of a, of a hot streak going. Okay. He's probably going to see a, a little bit of an elevated role there. But, yeah, I mean, replacing a guy like Seth Jones with the the, the production that, that he can get. You know, Matt Niskanen is a name that comes out there right now. Maybe a guy like Damon Severson from the Devils. Maybe even if he's traded at the deadline to a contender. So somebody, you know, along those lines, a Colton Pareko, um, you know, if he's available, Nate Schmidt from the Vegas Golden Knights. Those are a few guys who might get close to the kind of category coverage that Seth Jones would, but Jones is a hard guy to replace. Oh, for sure. That one's going to have a lasting impact, especially if he's out for the rest of the season, which we hope he's not. But uh, in terms of the Columbus goaltending, like I know Corpusalo could be back soon. Elvis has been out of this world, but is this a time to sell high? Because Jones is the type of guy that does things that nobody notices until he's gone. That's my opinion. But definitely would probably be the best time to sell high on a guy like Elvis. But you know, when when you look at what he's done over over the last thirty days, he has eight wins and he's only allowed ten goals against. Um, it's kind of hard to to want to get rid of that if you're a fantasy owner right now, unless you're going to get a significant package back. I still think that defensively. 
as much as Seth Jones brought to the table, Columbus is probably going to be fine. It's going to be more the offensive impact um, on that team. But I, I think that with how Elvis has been playing, they should be able to withstand losing Jones from a defensive standpoint to the fe- to the point where I don't think Elvis is going to be too impacted, but he probably could see a, a, a little bit of an impact. So this would be the jumping point to sell high, but I'm not running to sell on him just with how good he's been playing lately. I am, James. I think I'm going to try and ship Mersey out. And and the reason why is because there's so many good goalies right now available on the waiver wire. We're looking at Jack Campbell, James Reimer, some guys. If you do manage to trade Merz Lickens and you need to pick up a goalie, who are you going with? I would probably say right now I'm going with Jack Campbell just because with the uncertainty of Frederick Anderson the fact that Toronto has uh, games every other day for the remainder of, of the month. They do have two back-to-backs left uh, before the end of the season. So I think even after Anderson comes back, they traded for Jack Campbell so that he would play. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if due to the injury until Anderson really gets back to full strength and, and shows that he is the goaltender from earlier this season, I wouldn't expect a, anything less than a timeshare, maybe even something favoring Campbell a little bit. But definitely a guy like Campbell. UC Soros has started three straight games and four of the last six for the Nashville Predators over Pecorine, who has not played well this season. So Soros definitely looks like he's finally going to get a lengthy shot for Nashville. Even a guy like Igor Shosturkin from the from the Rangers, uh, I know the, the triple-headed monster there, but they definitely want to get him uh, a lot of starts right now. And like you said, Reimer as well has been playing fantastic in that timeshare split down in Carolina. So there are a number of really solid goaltending options out there if you decide to move on from a guy like Elvis. I love Shesterkin, 5-1-0, 9-33. He hasn't played a road game yet, but he's faced some pretty good teams. He's beaten the Avalanche, lost close to the Blue Jackets, beat the Maple Leafs the other day, and then won on Sunday against the Kings. So he is like a must-own guy. He's only 30-something percent owned. I don't know why that's still so low, probably because of the three-headed monster, like you said. And what do you see the Rangers doing here? We've been asking almost every guest we've had on this show uh, what the Rangers should or will do. Uh, how do you see this shaking out with Shesterkin and Georgiev and Lundqvist with the deadline yeah. approaching? I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I think Toronto was definitely a, a place where uh, Georgiev would have fit very well, but they decided to pull the trigger, I think, for the price tag and the fact that they were getting a guy like uh, Clifford back in, in the deal. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see where they move on from Georgiev. They may even just decide to keep him and address the goaltending closer to the draft um, when they kind of have a, a better idea of what they want to do going into next season, whether it's do they want to keep Shesterkin and Georgiev, do they want to uh, trade Georgiev in, in the in the offseason when his value might be um, a little bit higher to somebody who's really looking to dip into the goaltending market. Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of situations right now where a goaltender like Georgiev um, is needed for the playoff run. Toronto really was like the biggest glaring need, but there are a lot of teams out there who I think come the summer might definitely be in a more favorable position to make a trade. So I, I think unless the Rangers are really blown away, they're going to keep all three of them until the end of the year. 
I agree with that take, James. It just seems like that's something that gets figured out either prior to the draft or right after July 1st. So with that said, let's turn ahead to forward here. Joe Thornton quietly on the list. We had a great performance from him in fantasy last season with 35 points in his final 43 games. Do you trust Jumbo to maybe replace a Nazem Kadri or even, I guess, Brock Besser who plays wing, but you could substitute a forward out for him too? Yeah, you know, you look at what Thornton has done in the three and a half games since they lost Tomas Hurdle. Um, he has seen, you know, a very expanded role in, in their offense since then. Back-to-back multi-point games, he's averaging three and a half minutes of ice time more per game over his last four games than he had been previously all season. Before that, he's averaging almost 19 minutes of ice time right now. And before that, he was averaging just over 15. So he's Mm -hmm. definitely seeing more time on ice, more usage. He's not showing any signs of, of, you know, wear and tear or or age for for a guy who has been in the league for as long as he has. So, you know, with with where he is right now and and what he's capable of doing, he's never going to give you uh, flashy goal numbers. But definitely, if you're in a league that, A, tracks time on ice and certainly for the assists uh, I, I think you could do a lot worse than going for a guy like joe thornton but i would say more so if there's a guy like a, a kevin fiala that could be out there who's widely available in over 80 percent of leagues on on yahoo um he would be somebody that i would probably consider a little bit more to replace guys like that um pavel buchnevich right now anthony bovillier andre burakowski um, but definitely, if you're looking for a replacement for Kadri, you could do a lot worse than Thornton. Another forward on your list that I really like jumps out at me, Robert Thomas. He's on a six-game point streak, playing in the top six with Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz for one of the safest fantasy teams out there. How far has this player come with Tarasenko out? I know Tarasenko's been skating, but still a ways off from returning. So uh, Robert Thomas has high upside for the stretch run. Absolutely. I mean, you look at what he's done this season, he's already matched all of his career highs so far this season that he set last year in his rookie year with St. Louis. He has nine goals, 24 assists, and 33 points. Those are his exact numbers that he had in 70 games last year. He's done it in 51 games this year. So, you know, he's definitely seen an uptick in production. He's seen a uh, trust level go much higher with this organization with Tarasenko out. They've put him into big situations and he has definitely produced. He's on pace right now to break 50 points for the season. He's on pace for 53 at the moment, so he's definitely one of those players where if you can if you can get him and obviously he's only 4% owned in Yahoo leagues right now, so you know in, in most fantasy uh, sites wherever you're going to go and play, he should be widely available. Um, he's a guy that I definitely would be targeting because, like you said, St. Louis is, without a doubt, one of the safest fantasy team that's out there right now. All right, James, Carter Hart looks like he's coming back this week. Brian Elliott played well in his absence, minus one game against the Devils. What do you make of Carter Hart for the rest of the season? It's kind of hard to say. I think we have to really see what he does when he comes back. We know what he's capable of doing. Uh, It looks like he's going to start tonight at home against Florida. Um, obviously, it's his first game back in, in almost a month. Uh, I believe his last start was January 13th, so I wouldn't really 
set the bar incredibly high for him tonight if he's a little shaky, but with the way that Elliott had played in his absence, and especially you know when you look at his last six starts, yeah, he had two games where he allowed four goals against in each game, but then he had a game where he only allowed one, a game where he only allowed two, and then he had two shutouts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Elliott definitely filled in admirably, and I think until Hart, it's kind of the same situation as in Toronto. When Frederick Anderson gets back, we kind of have to wait and see mm-hmm. what he's like, and so I think they're going to favor Jack Campbell a little bit. I think in Philadelphia, until they really get Hart back up and going, they're going to favor more of a timeshare, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Elliott start a handful of the games coming forward until they really feel that Hart's back. Yeah, the Flyers have a lot of back-to-back still to go, and they're just so Jekyll and Hyde where uh, you you always look at Carter Hart's ceiling, but unfortunately you have to temper your expectations if we're being realistic here. And one other team I wanted to focus on here, James, the Dallas Stars. I saw Radulov was out on Saturday. Their lines have been changing. There's There are two really intriguing options from them. There's Joe Pavelski, who's heating up on the first power play, five-game point streak, and Rupe Hintz, who's now between Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. Which player do you like more Rupe Hintz or Joe Pavelski? I mean, you know what you're getting with a guy like Joe Pavelski, but I definitely love the upside of Rupe Hintz more, especially when you factor in that he's playing between those two elite players who, yes, albeit they're having a down season for both of them compared to their normal standards, but they still are Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Uh, Hintz, over the weekend, had a multi-goal game with three shots on goal, one hit, and one block against the St. Louis Blues. Two games before that against the Islanders, um, he had an assist with another three shots on goal. So we we definitely know that Hintz has the potential. Um, he has been joggled up and down that uh, lineup a lot so far this season. Really didn't have a whole lot of consistent line mates, but he has played with Red, uh, with Ben and Sagan in the past, and I think that given an expanded role and time to play with them over a long period for the foreseeable future, he can definitely be more productive. But you always know what you're going to get with a guy like Joe Pavelski. I agree, James. I mean, I think this season more than the most you know, recent, we have seen guys like Pavelski, Subban, et cetera, kind of be placed on the back burner in fantasy. So good take there, as always. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, guys, absolutely. I will uh, talk to you guys next week. Good stuff from James, as always. He mentioned Joe Thornton. I just wanted to reflect on what the Sharks did last week. We were down on them in fantasy. They only had two games. I think I said that they probably wouldn't win one of those two games at Calgary, at Edmonton. They ended up winning both. So major props to them and some hidden value for sure, whether it's Aaron Dell, who's now the clear starter, Joe Thornton, a couple other names, but uh, they're, they're not dead quite yet. And in hindsight, that Edmonton-San Jose game, Edmonton's up 2 nothing. They end up losing the game. I think it was 5-6 unanswered. They end up losing the game blown out of the water. But in hindsight, if you look at it, both Edmonton and Calgary had a bit of a letdown after the Battle of Alberta, and we didn't see that coming. And I didn't see the Sharks, the way they're playing, depleted going into Edmonton. Edmonton had the letdown game against Arizona. Mm-hmm. You would think they would win that game against San Jose. Didn't happen. 
Yeah, that's just the trend, I think, when you get those emotional high games. It always seems like those teams are dropping like flies the next game. They come out totally flat. But I never, for whatever reason, hindsight is always twenty twenty here because I'm never able to predict that come down, no matter how many times it happens. I know, it's pretty crazy. Uh, one guy that I mentioned with James Tarasenko, I know he's been skating lightly. There's another guy, Dustin Bufflin. They're trying to work out his contract situation. But it's worth noting that he could become a UFA, right, if they do terminate his contract which guy would you rather stash for the rest of the season long-term stash like Tarasenko or Bufflin oh I mean without a doubt it's Tarasenko I'm not I'm not touching not going near Dustin Bufflin (laughs) I mean just it's too murky I think every report that we've had about this contract termination just seems too weird I've heard he hasn't skated all year that could even be dating back to the playoff exit last year Mm -hmm. which to me I mean that's just a no-brainer you shouldn't you should not pick that guy up well I brought it up to Dan Rosen and Sean Rourke I asked them if Dustin Bufflin, if that contract scenario gets sorted out with Winnipeg, where could you see him landing? And they looked at me like I had five heads. They're like, he's not playing the rest of the year. I mean, he hasn't skated, as Rob said. There's just too much of unknown right there. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see him jumping into a team and making a difference. Like, I thought maybe Florida Panthers, he reunites with Quenville. Mm-hmm. I saw that was tossed around. But those guys who follow it, you know, the beat daily, they looked at me and like, He's not playing in the league. Well, the real the reason why I brought it up is I I saw his fantasy ownership and it's down to about twenty five percent. So mm-hmm. he probably is out there. If someone does want to stash him on the bench, you can't put him on IR, even though he may be injured, he may be out of shape. Uh, we don't really know what's going on. But at least if you feel bold out there, if you want to do like what we did with Gronkowski mm-hmm. in the fantasy football <laughs> season, and it didn't end up working out, but you never know. Maybe in the hockey it will. We'll see. I don't know. I'm out on that (laughs) strategy for sure. Tarasenko, on the other hand, sign me up for that one all day because that's (laughs) a player, Pete. If they, because they're playing well, they're probably going to win the West, the Blues. If he just comes back for that two weeks, final two weeks of the regular season, that's your championship window right there. If you play in a two week championship window, Tarasenko, if you pick him up, stash him now and start him in that window, he's going to get a couple goals. You're going to win your league. First of all, no doubt it's Tarasenko. It's a no-brainer. PD, I appreciate you playing devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. But if you're stashing Bufflin at this point, (laughs) I mean, you're really grasping at straws. It has to be Tarasenko. And that's a little bit of a, a, a straw grasp also. But as Robbie said, he comes back late in the season, gets ready for the playoffs. He can make all the difference. Yeah, he would make a difference, and they've survived without him. They have some nice plug-and-play options, like we said Toronto does, but yeah, just even safer. Those guys haven't missed a beat. Guys have gotten better when Tarasenko's been out. Uh, David Perron, we're talking about you, but there have been a lot of others as well. So just a couple other notes here before we turn ahead to DFS. Uh, I noticed that uh, Markstrom has lost four straight for the Canucks. They're kind of slide a little bit now not that the Pacific is you know by any means a sure thing it's not it's completely wide open but I wanted to ask you Pete at what point do you kind of get off the Canucks wagon and maybe finagle in fantasy by dropping Markstrom for a guy like Reimer for a guy like Dell for one of those kind of trendy waiver wire names Shesterkin's another one Mm -hmm. I might I mean I might consider dropping him for Shesterkin if he's available I know somehow like Samsonov's still available in some of these leagues people ask about him all the time those are different animals. It's been a big year for rookie goalies, whether it's Elvis, Samsonov, Shesterkin. These guys are lights out. So one of those guys I would drop Markstrom for. Otherwise, I would probably stand pat for another few weeks mm-hmm. past the trade deadline. Let's see where the Canucks are. He's been good for me in one of my leagues. So I would be patient with Markstrom, even after the 5, Igor. 4, 4. He's allowing <laughs> yeah. some big numbers yeah. lately, big numbers. Igor. <laughs> and you heard 
you heard the coach. He mm-hmm. said he's going to play the hot hand. Right now it's Igor. <laughs> what percentage is he owned in fantasy? He's probably low. It's like 30-something. 30%. Igor, <laughs> get on him. I mean, he's a great ad, but I don't really trust Coach Quinn. I don't really trust him saying that because we've heard this before. And then I think for whatever reason, a little birdie upstairs whispers into his ear and says, no, we got to see what we have here moving forward mm-hmm. to next season, which to me indicates all three of them are trading starts. It's going to drive you crazy for the rest of the year. That's a fair point. I'm glad you got his name right right because it escaped me i just said coach <laughs> reese saved me there pd what do you think well i'm there are definitely some leagues that i'm in where i'm making some goalie moves like i picked up reimer in one where i have a couple of guys injured mm-hmm. like uh, freddie anderson and and hart who's coming back thankfully but ranta's like on the shelf again yeah did you see the coyotes over the weekend set they actually announced that he was starting the yeah. game <laughs> and they said on uh, anti up or whatever uh-huh. they posted and then like a few minutes later they were like actually it's going to be aiden hill right so you really can't trust that team anymore they're falling apart um, at the seams Darcy Kemper and Oliver Ekman Larson, mm-hmm. though, on Monday are game time decisions for the Coyotes at Montreal. Winnable game for them. So maybe a bounce back here for Arizona. What do you think? I kind of like Montreal. And after that Kobe goal against the Leafs, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of buying back into the Habs. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'll say this, they're not going to make the playoffs, but I'm going to buy back in that there's going to be some exciting games at the Bell Center for the rest of the season. I think one of them is tonight. You know, for this Arizona team, I'm just flat out disappointed in them. And having Darcy Kemper in a pretty bad injury scenario trying to come back and play in this one, same thing with OEL, that was a pretty bad injury too. I think they're kind of forcing it. I think they're right there. They're checking the standings every second of the day. John mm-hmm. Shike is refreshing the standings page. Nothing's budging. They're not winning. Mm-hmm. I don't like when guys are kind of forced to come back in the lineup. I prefer, Pete, the Tarasenko route or like the Jake Gensel route. When the team's playing well, they've all stepped up with the injuries. They don't need these guys to come back. Arizona does. Arizona's a little tight right now, playing a little tight, holding the sticks a little too tight, and Sheka is looking at we're not in a playoff position right now. And I'll say this, spoiler time. The season is spoiler time. Mm-hmm. I could see Montreal, a few other teams playing spoiler. Tonight I don't have a great beat on it. I hear what Robbie's saying. Arizona falling apart at the seams that we mentioned. But keep an eye on these spoiler teams. Montreal could play the role of spoiler, especially with Carey Price and Net coming down mm-hmm. the stretch here. Well, definitely uh, with Shea Weber on injured reserve, Jeff Petrie is mm-hmm. a category monster and now playing on the first power play. Um, I know they had some success against the Leafs the other day, a low-scoring game, but uh, Montreal has shown its mettle a little bit, and I think, uh, yeah, Jeff Petrie is a guy you look at completely differently when Shea Weber is out of the mix, so I would get Petrie in my lineup tonight. And overall, they're getting healthy. I know it's like one guy comes back and now there's another guy out, but Mm -hmm. overall, they're trending towards the positive health direction, so I actually have Ben Shearot on the blue line there, Pete. Just a spend-down option. He's more of a blocks guy than Petrie is a points guy, but Mm -hmm. definitely kind of leaning Habs in this game overall i also have anthony sorelli for 5k going against the jackets tonight i don't mean to pile on the blue jackets here what they've done this season no one can take it away from them up until this point but i do think against tampa they're in for a rough rough night and nick Suzuki's another guy that's uh, blossoming before our eyes and yeah kovalchuk i feel like the past few weeks anytime i do a mock dfs lineup or mm-hmm. anything like that i get kovalchuk in there he's still moderately priced and like you said, he had an overtime goal. He had an overtime goal <laughs> earlier in the year, and he, he with uh, you know with Montreal and had the shootout yeah. heroics against the Devils. So this guy's like big time. He has some serious mojo going on. Totally resurrected his career. And like we said, when they picked him up, 
He didn't get a fair shake in mm -hmm. LA and LA has to be looking at this right now and saying, what did we do? Yeah. I mean, we could have had some energy here. We could have had some veteran savvy. Instead, they had nothing. Nothing. And they just put him on the bench. Well, much better team situation for him in Montreal. And, and this is shrewd, but I do think that they, the Habs, should trade Kovey. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. oh my God, this guy, you picked him up for nothing. He's on a minimum contract and he's scoring goals. Everyone <laughs> in the National Hockey League is obsessed with goals. But you could get a probably second round pick for this guy. And there are teams out there that could use a top six forward. Boston, oh, and the draft St. is Louis, in Montreal. <laughs> so there you go, extra home pick. Yeah, yeah. They, they should do that. That would be a nice forward-thinking move for Montreal, who's, you know, out of the playoff mix right now. Let's be real. So yeah. <laughs> plan for the future, get another young stud or a prospect, and uh, move forward. Does Lou go after Kovalchuk? Familiar. He should. You know how that ended in Jersey. But, oh, right, right. But you know the Islanders need that scoring. And you know what's weird about it? I don't know if Lou will swallow his pride because he could have picked up Kovalchuk for nothing. He didn't, mm -hmm. and now he's going to have to give up a pick to get him. I don't know if he makes that move. That, that would never happen. <sighs> I mean, as much as we would like to see it happen to boost that offense, yeah. boost that power play, I thought that that was a great fit you know, when Kovey was sitting out there on the waiver wire in real mm -hmm. life. But <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't think that would ever happen with Lou knowing uh, his demeanor through the years. True. I, it's like more of a fantasy thing. I, like, I want to see it happen. It would be a great mm -hmm. fit. And, to and Kovey would totally win them a playoff series. Like that's the guy that's going to score the game six winner to force game seven. And then they clean up game seven, shut it down. So I, I love it in my little fantasy land, but Lou Lamoureux does not live in that fantasy land. And we've been looking up with Ovechkin and him climbing the goal ranks. We were looking at goals per game leaders among active players. Kovalchuk mm -hmm. is fourth. Wow. I mean, there aren't many players wow. above him. Uh, so you look at what he did earlier in his career, point per game through and through. That's another player. We always talk about McDavid mm -hmm. and Settle. Mm -hmm. I want to see these guys in the playoffs. I want to see Colby in that flair in the playoffs for Montreal or somebody else, to be honest. No doubt. No doubt. Agreed there, Pete. I've got Ovi, speaking of which, for 9.4K <laughs> tonight against the Islanders. Now, okay. the reason I'm paying this, I'm willing to pay 10K for Ovi, so if the price <laughs> keeps going up, I'm going to keep paying until it hits 10K. I'll not go higher than 10K. But 9.4K basically equals 700 goals. Like, that's just there's something to it. He's going to get 700 tonight. I did spend all of my Friday writing in Ovechkin what happens <laughs> when he scores 700 goals piece and break down what Gretzky did from 700 to 894. So when that happens, check it out on the website. I, this could be a bias. You can call me out on that, but I am going 9.4K, Ovi. Maybe I'm going on the other side. I know it's a great matchup tonight in the division, two of the top teams in the East. Uh, they put it on NBCSN. They flexed it. The, the fact is, though, that I'm going to the game on Thursday mm -hmm. in Colorado because I'm going to be out there for the stadium series. So I'm going to be sitting there in the building for Caps <laughs> Avalanche. And if you're asking me which which game I'd rather see it happen uh -huh. in, it's probably that one. All right, so 699 tonight, then 700 at Pepsi Center. He'll get one against the Islanders for sure, uh -huh. maybe two. <laughs> and if he does, good for him. I mean, it's an amazing story. We're, we're thinking about all these guys who could potentially do it. Mm -hmm. It really boils down to injury, health. Uh, longevity, everything. You mm -hmm. can't miss even one full season. Uh, you know, even like McDavid has missed half True. a season so far. He's still so young. So for any guy, active player to do this uh, is a marvel. And it probably won't happen, to be honest. Very, very him. true. Hey, last thing before we do some last DFS plays and some best bets. You know what? I was looking at the uh, all-time 
goal scoring leaderboard. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that Mike Gartner was at 700 goals. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Anyway, I just very quietly to, that. Right? Very quietly, Mike Gartner, 704 goals right. or something like he that. He doesn't even like, have a Wikipedia page. Is that right? I I oh. swear to you. <laughs> wait, I wait, looked wait, it up on Friday. I don't know if wow. I was in a daze, didn't sleep well, but I, I couldn't find we this guy on Wikipedia. Davey on that. We yeah. got to get Davy yeah. on that. <laughs> Get that to Bill Price. Get that on Dave <laughs> on Dave's Davey. assignment list. Create a Wikipedia page for Mike Gartner. It's true, though, what you said about Gartner not being a huge name uh, in the context of the list. You see him passing Iserman. You see him passing Messier. All these names, and uh, then Gartner. So it's amazing that he's been up there. But yeah, uh, that that's coming down because Ovi's going to pass him in a matter of days. Quick PSA: I am on his Wikipedia page right now. So just uh, shout out to the Friday lull there for <laughs> Robbie. A um, little rusty, like I said, but uh, yes, he does confirm. Davy, remove the assignment from your list. I know you're already working on it. He does have a Wikipedia. You page. know you're uh, having a sleepy Friday if you're looking up Mike Gardner's <laughs> Wikipedia page. But <laughs> you know no, that's that's, that's funny though. Okay. Guys, real quickly, best bets, um, DFS plays. What do you got? Let's go. Well, no Seth Jones for the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. So, and they're playing the Lightning at home. The Lightning have not played them since uh, whatever happened last year. I don't know something big like their entire season got ruined and uh, in a sweep. <laughs> right, so, right. one of the worst uh, blown series of all time in terms of a favorite losing mm-hmm. and getting embarrassed. So, I do like the Lightning here, especially with Seth Jones. Elvis will keep him in the game for sure, like he's done. Five shutouts in the past, what, eight or nine games mm-hmm. for Elvis. Amazing stuff. But I think the Lightning uh, put their pride on the line and, and get that win. So I'll put that on the record here. Yeah, can't forget about that storyline for sure. Hammer that in real life in DFS. Also, just to round out here, I do have Pedersen 7K stacked with JT Miller tonight for 6.2K. With Brock out, I, just, I feel like these guys are going to get up for this one against the Preds. It's a very good game. A lot on the line there in the Western Conference, so I'll probably be watching that one. Um, Sorelli, like I said, Matthew Kachuk against the Sharks. I think kind of using the reverse logic here, I'm back on Calgary for this game. I think they're going to re-get back up for that one. They were embarrassed once, not going to happen twice. So Chucky's the guy, really captain material there after Geo stops playing. And then David Riddick following that similar method, $7,400. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's played like 80% of games this year for $7,400. Like, yeah. You just can't beat that. Win or lose, he's going to get probably around 25 stops, which will return the value right there. And, yeah, for the Predators, I, one move I was contemplating making, so I mentioned I'm tired of the Ranta situation, so I'm dropping Ranta, and I'm either going to add UC Saros or Pavel Franceau. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franceau won for the Avalanche the other day. Saros, though, has more intriguing. Like, I feel like they're finally making that shift mm-hmm. away from Pekka Rinne and just to try to save their season. So I, I think I'm going Saros. I like that. Now, the Franceau thing, I'll just throw my hat there in the ring for him. It's mm-hmm. just he plays on such a better team that, like, I, I would be okay with getting five to ten less starts from him, but getting maybe three or four more wins despite the fewer starts. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, the, it's it, like the quality versus quantity, yeah. and Saros will get more quantity than yeah. Franco, but I think, yeah, that's a good point, Robbie. I'll, th- I'll re- rethink it. Rethink it, Petey. Before I give <laughs> my best bets, a quick little anecdote from Friday. I was in the dentist chair getting a coronectomy. If you want to know, that? if you want to know what it is, look it up. I'm oh, not going to. Sounds ex- bad. Not no, going to explain Wikipedia it. Wikipedia. So it's amazing that Search. I'm talking. <laughs> it's amazing that I'm able to talk on this Monday. But anyway, I asked for the nitrous. I needed the mm, nitrous. I said mm, I'm too mm. old. I need the nitrous. Okay, so he starts <laughs> pumping the nitrous into me, and after a few minutes, he's like, "Don't be alarmed. You may feel your heart." flutter a little bit Mm. i looked at him i said don't worry i gamble on sports 
and he laughed and I laughed and I said, I guess the nitrous is working, baby. We were cracking up over it, but it's true. You know, you're watching these games, your heart starts to flutter a little bit. Same sort of feeling with the nitrous. Uh I'm back on my feet. It was a rough weekend, soft clothes, no different than usual for Bobby, but recovering from the coronectomy. And again, if you want to look it up, what it is. Just be alarmed. It's a it's a little it's a little shaky. The procedure. It's a, it, it'll make you a little queasy. All right. Well, good to see you back healthy <laughs> and ready to talk fantasy and gambling as always. So yeah, I think for this uh, for this Monday night slate, I like the Canucks at home against the Preds. The Preds let me down the other day against Edmonton, a game I thought they could have tied and sent to overtime, but. Anyway, the Preds are at the end of a four-game road trip. That's one of those spots where the Canucks will pounce. They're a good home team. Markstrom will probably get the win. I'm starting him tonight in one of my leagues. And even with Brock Besser likely out, oh, he is out. He's out Mm -hmm. for the next two games. Uh, We saw that update on him. So Brock Besser, so for DFS, like Jake Vertanen or even Brandon Mm -hmm. Sutter, who's probably dirt cheap, I saw he got a couple of looks on that line as well. So some good value spots for the wings there. My picks tonight, I like Vancouver outright puck line. I like Washington, same situation, and I like Calgary, like I said. I'm with you on Calgary. I like Calgary, and I'll pay the price for Tampa. I think Tampa gets it done in Columbus. Is this the first time they're playing or meeting this year? I I just can't bet on that game. Like that – Columbus so many times a season will like come back and sting just when we're all on their opponent. <laughs> so I'm not like it I, I think Tampa is going to win, but I'm not touching the game. You're, you're right. It is a big price. I just I, I have to believe they want a little. Re- I mean, this is a Nick Alberga revenge scenario if there ever was one. So yep. I'll take Tampa and I'll take Calgary. I agree with what Rob is saying there for all his reasons. They're my reasons. But let's they're not go. like let's be honest, though. That's not a very good team like the Flames this year. So no. that's that's my only like before you go all in no you like this is like a soft monday start the week Mm, off on a good no all in no 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 (laughs) all in but i think i think they win the game but we'll see if we're talking puck line i like the capitals at home against the islanders even though you know i'm holding out hope for thursday Ovi probably gets it tonight (laughs) uh varlamov beat them in their building last Mm -hmm. time and look Mm -hmm. at what happened on saturday seven to two home loss to the philadelphia flyers there's I, i don't know it's capitals for me on the puck line it's uh, Coyotes against the grain value at Montreal, a game that I would pick them in if and only if OEL and Kemper are both back. And then, yeah, like the Lightning, um, stick, staying away from some of the other games. But, yeah, Vancouver's a good pick as well. So you want Ovi to break the record when you're in the building at the Pepsi Center in Colorado. The only problem with that, PD, is you know what's going to happen. If you're in the building, <laughs> Bill Price is putting you to work. Yeah, you're yeah. Start, true. True. They're, they're going to be, column. Yeah. Column. be 10 stories, yeah. including <laughs> the one Rob wrote exactly. last week that's on the back burner. So you but... root for it tonight. I know you want to be in the building, but, but <laughs> you don't, you don't want to spend all night working on an Ovi piece and going into the room and doing all that scenario you're in denver you want to get a nice meal and you're under your belt true so you root for it tonight that is good advice facts so (laughs) if we didn't get to your question today hit us up on twitter i'm at nhl reese pizza nhl jensen bobs at air checked and check out the other podcasts at the rink dan rose and sean rourke puck culture jackie redmond etc etc draft class you know the list by now leave us a review on apple Podcasts if you haven't already so for bender reese jensen talk to you on tuesday thanks for listening to nhl fantasy on ice